Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals, talking all things animal communication. Thank you very much for the listener feedback. I always appreciate it. Uh, Today I'm going to be talking about the role of communication when introducing a new pack member. Now when I say pack member, in this case I am talking animal and not human, just to be clear. Now communication is very useful both before and during the introduction process. If you're contemplating getting another animal, ask yourself why. And often when communicated with, some animals don't necessarily want a companion. They prefer being the only animal. If you have, for example, one stressed dog that's barking nonstop, do you really want two stressed dogs barking nonstop? Because there's every chance that's what you're going to end up with. Cats. Some cats get on very well together. Others do not. Cats don't live in a pack like a dog or a horse, herd, whichever you want to call it. They're often solitary. Cats can get on very well, but it doesn't mean they want to. And many cats are actually very stressed having another feline companion in the house. If you have one dog that's elderly and requires a lot of medication, Sadly, we've got to think budgetary as well. If this dog needs more medication or more expensive medication, can you still afford that and a puppy? If so, and you decide you want to get one, fabulous. Also, if you have relatives, elderly relatives with animals that potentially when they pass you'll be taking on, I would also suggest communicating with the animals then and also making sure that your own pets are very used to having them around, that they have, you know, play dates, so to speak, and stayovers. That way you're at least smoothing the transition when that time comes. Now, if you've decided you want another animal and your four-legged companion is happy enough with that, communication can be very useful. Finding out, for example, if your dog or cat is sore now, if they're sore, they're not going to want a puppy bouncing all over them. You know, it's going to create pain for them. These are the sorts of things that it really does help to be aware of. Some dogs or cats are perfectly happy with having another companion, but there's certain things that they want as their own that they do not wish to share which is perfectly reasonable. You might be happy enough to have someone in your home, but you don't want them on your computer or your stereo or whatever it may be. We are territorial in exactly the same way animals are. So understanding what your friend wants beforehand really does make it easier. 
if there's a particular toy, for example, that is theirs and theirs alone, they may have had it since they were a puppy or a kitten, then that goes away when the new family member comes and only comes out when the animal is by itself, not when the companion's around. Don't set yourself up to fail. One of the biggest misconceptions, I think, with bringing in a new animal is the leaving them to it and they'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. You are supposed to be pack leader. It is up to you to make sure the introduction goes safely and smoothly. Now, this may mean keeping the animals separate when you're not there. Or if you're worried, making sure you only introduce them when you have two people, one for each pet. This is basic safety. And one of the biggest complaints I have from animals and one of the biggest mistakes humans make is at feed time. Feed your animals separately with doors locked. We are all possessive over our food. You don't eat, you die. He who controls food controls life. Now, people say, oh, but they can't. I stand between them. What are you like when a waiter hovers? You feel pressured. You finish your food more quickly. You want your animal to be able to enjoy its food without interruption. So all fed in separate rooms, doors shut, pick up the bowls and put them away. If the animal hasn't finished, put it back in the fridge. If they have, wash the bowls out and put it into a cupboard before they see each other again. It simply takes stress off everybody. Often too, animals complain because, particularly in the case of a new puppy or a new kitten, and look, they are cute and kittens can be great time wasters just watching them, but the old animal feels like it's got its nose out of joint because they feel ignored. Make time for your regular companion. Lock the other one away, put them in a different room, put them outside, make sure you keep spending quality time with your original pet. And be aware, if they have body issues, don't allow a puppy or a kitten to body slam, wrestle, jump on, do all the things that they like to do. It is fun, absolutely, but not at the expense of your four-legged companion's health. Also with birds, be very aware, a lot of people miss out on the fact that a new, particularly a cat, but also a dog that's eyeballing through at the cage, a bird, that is very, very stressful for the bird. So be aware of that. Some birds cope quite well, some do not. Some of them tell me they feel like the proverbial crayfish in the tank at the Chinese restaurant. They're just waiting to be gotten at. That's incredibly stressful. Once your animals have settled, I generally give it a week or two because everyone has their teething problems Get over, or get over the honeymoon period, depending which way it's working. That's when a second communication can be useful. The animals are starting to bond. They have a bit more of an understanding of where things are at. What is it they require? What are they having problems with? And remember, if your pet says, I really don't like the way the kitten jumps on me, 
or I really don't like the way the puppy comes up and gets in my face when I'm on my bed, then it's up to you to ensure that it doesn't happen. You can't expect your dog to be, or your cat or your horse for that matter, to be telling you things if you fail to act. And I've had several of those. One dog actually wound up with a particularly nasty cancer and it probably could have been got earlier. The dog knew about it but couldn't see any point in mentioning it because up to that date, We'd had four communications and the owners had not followed through with anything that the animal had asked for or needed. So its response was, why should I bother telling you? Nothing's going to change. So be aware that if your four-legged companion is prepared to share something with you, acknowledge it. And to the best of your ability, do something about it. No, you know, it doesn't always work. They can't always come with you to work. They don't always need a million and one treats. But compromise is very good. We can all do it. And it just helps to smooth the transition so that everybody is a little less stressed and enjoys their companions a little more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please, if you are happy to, like and subscribe. If you have any questions or any topics you would like me to cover, please feel free to drop me a line. And remember, until next time, talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.